Yo, what's going on, beautiful people? The Black Hokage here, aka TV Asian. To be honest, I'd like to welcome you back to my show, Hokage Thoughts, the show where ain't no hoes, but we do think out loud here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you choose to listen to this show on. Today, in which I'm recording this episode, is May 16th, 2020. And uh, at this point in the lockdown, I'm not gonna lie, um, I'm kind of numb. Nothing, nothing honestly bothers me anymore. It is what it is, man. It's just like, you know, you get up, you stream, you eat. Well, you obviously you brush your teeth, wash your face, check your Twitter, you eat, stream, work out, stream again, go to sleep. Don't get to talk to nobody. Don't get to see nobody. But what can you do? <laughs> Am I right? Quarantine. Uh, now, before we get into the show, <laughs> just know if you enjoy the show, make sure to rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. It helps move my show up the algorithm, which helps bring in new listeners. If you want to financially support the show, head on over to redcircle.com slash Hokage Thoughts, and you can donate whatever amount that you see fit. If you prefer Cash App, though, send your donations to dollar sign the Black Hokage 08. All donations are welcome because I'm poor. Now, before we get into the show, got a quick little quick bite story for you. We mainly just talking gaming and questions and shit like that. Quick little bite for you. I thought this was really interesting. Um, y'all let me know, what is this doing for you right here? AMC and Regal banned Universal movies from their theaters after studio throws a rock at theatrical window. All right, to summarize this article, basically what happened is there's that new, I think it's Trolls 2, the Trolls movie. I didn't even know this movie was a big deal, but I guess maybe it is amongst kids or something like that. Um, what Universal decided to do was instead of showing the movie in theaters, they decided to go straight to the consumer and they released the movie online and you can stream it right now and watch it. I mean, and the obvious reason that they did this was because the whole coronavirus thing going on. There's no way for, I mean, you can go to the movie theater. I don't, does movie theaters count as essential? I don't think that's essential. It's not essential in my life. Um, and that's actually kind of the whole reason I wanted to bring this up anyways. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not open. But yeah, uh, the original story was, I think it was, uh, I think it was AMC. They were mad, but Regal joined in. So the two biggest movie theater chains in America were upset that trolls went basically straight to streaming, straight to the consumer. Uh, they didn't get to make any money off of the movie. Um, so now they're saying they're banning all Universal movies. Uh, Universal owns some of the biggest movies in Hollywood, but they're like, fuck that. You're not going to support our business. We're not going to support yours. It's supposed to be like a symbiote thing. We needed trolls. We needed trolls. I think the irony of this entire story is I think this is the first time anybody was trying to welcome a troll into their life, but they were. They were. They tried to do it, but Universal said, nah. Um, so basically, uh, AMC released this whole statement. Regal joined in. This is an update as of April 29th. I mean, we're mid-May now, but this is the update. So Regal Entertainment owner, um, the world's second biggest circuit is following in AMC's footsteps. And they said, today we make it clear again that we will not be showing movies that fail to respect the windows as it does not make any economic sense for us. That's what does that do for you guys? Does nothing for me. Anyways, I wanted to bring this story up because um, I feel like movie theaters are. I, I like going to the movies. I really do. Um, the big screen, just being in a, a room full of energy, seeing how everybody else experienced the movies. I don't. I don't enjoy the fact that popcorn's like a thousand dollars for a medium, and then a a, a large soda is like a hundred thousand dollars. I don't. 
I don't like the two hundred dollar date thing on Twitter. That shit is a myth. You take a girl to the movies, you paying at least two hundred thousand dollars. But that's beside the point. It's mainly because of snacks. Twizzlers is like five hundred dollars. Like it's just too much. It's just too much. But that's beside the point. I really do like going to the movie theater, but I brought this story up just to say that like movie theaters are not an essential part of my life though like if push comes to shove if push comes to shove and corona makes it to where more big hollywood groups like universal start pushing their movies straight to streaming just go straight to netflix or whatever hulu whatever service they choose to i'm not gonna be upset by it like it is what it is like rent the movie from home for like fucking 10 bucks when it's new like eh, for like a few hours like it's not a bad deal and i feel like the only people who don't get this is regal and amc like honestly we don't need the movie theater. i'm not gonna lie i've been nervous to go to the movie theater ever since that batman release i don't know how long ago that was but y'all remember when batman came out and fucking they shot up the movie theater like i've been nervous to go i you like you remember you remember when the joker came out and like literally like first of all when the joker came out first of all shame on the media you could tell from every media news piece like they just wanted a shooting to happen like there's gonna be extra there's gonna be extra surveillance or extra security uh during the release of the joker because we just don't know what's gonna happen you want something to happen i swear for like a, a week or two straight it was nothing but news stories like that like and i was nervous to go see the fucking joker because it might it might attract some crazy motherfuckers bro um so like yeah they shooting up the movie theater um it costs it costs fucking five hundred thousand dollars for some mike and ikes um it costs a hundred thousand dollars for a medium popcorn and, and like i'm gonna be honest like when i go to the movie theaters y'all popcorn don't even be that fresh i'm not even gonna lie it don't even be that fresh i've been to movie theaters where the popcorn was it was a little stale it was a little stale i ain't gonna lie the butter saved it with a little bit of flavor on that joint the butter saved it sometimes y'all pretzels be dry so this is a this is a this is a weird one this one could go either way like the reality is if all these big hollywood groups pull their movies from theaters and just start going straight to streaming going straight to the consumer kind of the same way they're doing with like the e3 and shit like that uh this could be the collapse of movie theaters as we know it my question to y'all is do y'all actually care uh i kind of sort of care but not really if that makes sense it'd be it'd be kind of like you know like when black the black when blockbuster collapsed like oh shit there goes a staple in the community blockbuster i grew up with that but do we really need blockbuster you know do we really need to go to the movie theater no but it would be nice if it still existed i guess like y'all gotta drop y'all prices on y'all popcorn and nachos too fucking listen man y'all yo motherfucker they be charging like fifteen hundred dollars for some nachos right have y'all actually seen them make the nachos at the movie theaters i be watching these motherfuckers bro this motherfucker goes into the back grabs a bag of, a bag of chips they not even like fresh chips that they made themselves i'll give them a pass if they marked up the price because they were making fresh chips like their own recipe no they go in the back they grab some tatitos the same shit you got at the grocery store for two dollars the family size they they make you they charge you ten dollars for the kid size they get the tortitos out the back they get the fucking cheese out the bucket and they turn on the microwave bro and then they want to charge you 1500 million dollars for some damn nachos fuck the movie theater that's what i'm trying to say <sighs> i'm glad i got that off my chest we always start off with a great little news story just that i wanted to put out, out there but let's get into the real meat and potatoes of the show. <laughs> All right. So today uh, on the podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about some gaming stuff. 
Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, whatever questions that y'all ask. And then a lot of music drops since I last uh, did a podcast. Not that I'm an expert on music, but just letting you know what I've been listening to and stuff like that. Um, I, I mainly just wanted to focus on the the, the gaming and the questions because there was a lot of gaming stuff and that I, I feel like that's going to fill up a lot of time. Um, since the last podcast, for those of you unaware, I finished Final Fantasy VII as well as Doom Eternal because I actually beat my games, unlike some people in GI. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that as well as some other gaming stuff. So we might as well just go ahead and get right into it. Just as a reminder, please, please, please rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help grow the show. And if you have any questions that you want to submit, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore. I keep it real. All right, gaming. Since the last podcast, I finished Final Fantasy VII the remake on playstation 4 ps4 exclusive and um for those of you unaware we're gonna go ahead and do that review just to just to get this for just a clearance if you don't want to sit here and listen to everything that i have to say in detail did i like the game absolutely is it worth 60 dollars? absolutely this is one of my favorite games of the year just for clearance and here's why this is going to be kind of weird but I want to go ahead and say this just ahead of time. So I really sat down and tried to write down all the positives and negatives that I had for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I ended up coming, this is, I don't know if this is the first time this has happened, but it might be. This is the first time at least I can remember. I wrote down for the positives, I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I wrote seven positives and then the negatives, I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I, got, I had eight negatives. So I think this is the first time I've ever had more negatives than positives, yet I'm not only am I still recommending this game, I'm not recommending it for the price drop. I still love the game. I still think it's worth $60. I think uh, just for like clarification, yes, there, I'm going to list more negatives, but for clarification, I want to say that the positives were so much stronger than the negatives that it didn't even matter to me it, but just to be fair like these are the things that i did notice and i wanted to write it down in my show notes i got a damn chrome on my shirt anyways oh yeah if you want to watch the video version come over to youtube.com slash the black okage all right so the positives of final fantasy 7 first being the new change on the combat so for those of you unaware the original final fantasy 7 it was a turn-based jrpg um but this one is more it's it's a mix of real-time and the traditional kind of turn-based and they kind of sort of tried to do it with 15 and it was okay but it just didn't work as well uh i feel like with seven they kind of took that system and they kind of perfected it to the point that like i think they moving forward at least for the next few games i think that they should adopt this combat system in final fantasy i actually really enjoyed the combat in final fantasy 7's remake so the way that it plays is it, at first glance it looks like a hack and slash game like bayonetta or devil may cry and it sort of is but it's not a button masher because there are what's the word i'm looking for there are when you hit the square button he he not throws a sword but he slashes like a certain number of times off rip it's like um canned animations so if you hit the square button he'll slash like two three times so if you keep mashing the square button um you can actually get caught up in the fight so at, at first glance it looks like a hack and slash but no it's more of like a timing hack and slash it's kind of hard to explain basically you don't want to mash the square button you want to hit it a couple times and hold block hit it a couple times there's like an ebb and flow to it uh but i actually really once i finally understood it because at first i was button mashing i didn't really get it i was like what the fuck but once i finally understood the ebb and flow of the combat i learned to really enjoy it and i like that change 
um, when you're not swinging your sword or throwing hands with Tifa or casting the magic with with Aerith or shooting your gun with fucking the black guy. Um, <laughs> you can also slow down the game by hitting the X button. When you hit the X button, a menu pops up and it's like the traditional uh, turn-based menu. And from there, you can cast spells as well, as well as use abilities. And the way that you can use abilities and spells is you have magic points as well as the ATB. And ATB fills up from basically producing combos and combat. It's like almost like, um, think of it as like an adrenaline meter. Uh, whenever you hit people, you successfully hit them and do combos, your adrenaline meter goes up. And then once you fill that bar, you can use one of your abilities or cast one of your magic spells. Um, so you have to keep in mind of the ATB as well as the MP. Uh, so it has like a nice little balance to that. So, and I liked it too, because when you bring up the menu, it slows down time. Uh, things, combat can be very fast paced. And when the, when it slows down time, it kind of just gives you a second to think about it. Actually, you know what? You know why I really like it? I just had this epiphany. I did not put this on my notes. The combat reminds me of Mass Effect. Um, Mass Effect had real time combat, even though it's a shooter. Mass Effect was a third person shooter. Um, it was still real time, and then you could slow down time by bringing up the the ability wheel. It's the same exact thing. Now that I think about it, the, the only difference is Cloud has a sword and Tifa throws hands. Um, although Barrett does have a gun too, but it, it's similar to Mass Effect. So it's like real time, but then if you want, you can slow down and choose to uh, have abilities. And just like Mass Effect, actually, yo, my mind is fucking blown. I'm surprised I didn't think of this. This is why I like it. It reminded me of Mass Effect, the greatest fucking RPG of all time. The original trilogy, not Andromeda, by the way. Um, so not only can you use the menu to shuffle through abilities and magic, um, you could there's you can also hold down. I think it was L1. And that would bring up a quick menu and you can equip four different moves so if you want to throw a fire spell quickly you just hold l1 in combat so if you wanted to keep the combat in real time you could have four quick abilities equipped and you could just throw it you hold l1 and then hit the corresponding button so l1 and x l1 in circle l1 and triangle and it would do like a different ability so i really enjoyed the change of combat um i like i said i really hope that they keep it um this way for the next few games and then of course if you build up uh what also made the combat fun is they have a stagger meter so every enemy can get staggered basically they get tripped up and they can't move and you can do extra damage basically they get stunned and while they're stunned you do extra damage and uh, what made it fun is each enemy type had a uh, a different way of becoming staggered some if you just hit them with a sword enough eventually they would become staggered but some enemies were weak to fire some were weak to wind or ice or lightning um some some were weak to um like different types of combinations and stuff and you had to use like the accessibility to figure out what their weakness is to figure out how to stagger them some as quickly as possible because some enemies were like tanks and the only way to really truly damage them is build up that stagger meter to where they're weak and then you can really put some damage on them so i like that addition of the stagger it made you think it almost reminded me a little bit of a pokemon because whenever you ran into a new enemy you had to use the accessibility you figure out their weakness hit them with the combo stagger them the magic stagger them and then you do that um, so I really enjoyed the combat. Mwah. Kudos to them. I hope they continue to do that. To be fair, here we go. Negatives. Um, the first negative that I had for this game was there were no weapon loadouts. So in this game, you need materia and materia is basically like different abilities and spells that you get in the game. Um, and each weapon and we each like accessory that you wear can hold a certain number of material, basically spells or abilities. Um, the problem is your party is constantly switching out in and out the story. Like there's like you literally do not even you get Barrett at the beginning of the game. Like the beginning of the game is what if you play the demo, you uh, the Barrett with the guy with the black gun, you get him at the beginning of the game. Once you run through the demo mission, 
he disappears and he does not come back till chapter 14 why the fuck can i not just swap out loadouts and give his material to somebody else so basically what i'm trying to say is it was annoying because like Aerith too Aerith disappeared to like chapter 18 um the characters disappear and you build up their loadouts for them and then they disappear and then you can't even use that material so then you have to sit there and swap each material out and see who's got what equipped it would have been nice to have like a loadout that i could just throw on somebody call like kind of like call of duty so it was annoying to have to sit there and manually switch out spells and abilities uh because characters are constantly going in and out of the party so uh i think for the next remake for part two of final fantasy 7 if we can get loadouts on characters so we don't have to constantly shuffle through fucking menus and read shit that would be great um second positive i really enjoyed the world and the story i put these as two separate bullet points but i mean i guess it's kind of the same thing the world and the story uh for, for also for clarification i played the original final fantasy 7 but i played it at a friend's house like a couple times i never beat it like i never so to be honest if this is technically my first real playthrough because i i didn't really know much about it other than you know who dies uh because i mean that's a meme at this point but like like i said like i i grew up with nintendo uh, and, and we were poor so that's what I, I i had to play duck hunt for a million times i grew up with nintendo uh my friend had a playstation and i would go to his house and play it sometimes but i never actually got to experience the full game for myself so this is technically my first real playthrough this is coming this review is coming from the um the perspective of somebody who doesn't have much experience with the past games so i i i really enjoyed the story in the world the world is vibrant it's colorful the graphics are amazing um the story was very interesting I don't want to like uh, at this point the game's 20 something years old is it although there's a reason they call it a remake because my chat explained it to me they changed some things in it but i don't want to spoil it i don't want to spoil it i'll say i'll just say i enjoyed the story for what it was okay um that being said even though i did enjoy the story on the negative side of things i enjoyed the story for the plot if if i could pick apart the story the actual characters and the voice acting is a negative for me this sound this is i think this is the first time this has ever happened to me usually like when you bring up the story the characters the voice acting it all kind of goes hand in hand no i'm specifically talking about i like the plot that pushed you forward to get from point a to b that was interesting to me but the actual characters i'm not gonna lie after completing this game i don't understand why people have such an affinity for cloud cloud is a boring character he's not interesting he barely says anything honestly i think people just like him because he has cool character design and he has a big bbc sword um but he's not interesting and the, the crazy part too is like like the bitches was just all over him in the game too although uh bitches love a mysterious nigga so never mind uh, i can understand that but he wasn't a particularly interesting character he didn't have anything profound to say throughout the game he was just a soldier with a sword um and that that goes for a lot of different characters i like tifa was cool she was cool Aerith wasn't interesting at all to me she was just kind of like your pure innocent you know karen type character uh barrett was a walking black stereotype oh man i got a big gun with a chicken i i cannot stand fucking barrett um i couldn't stand wedge fat loser uh <laughs> like i'm not gonna hold you like it really wasn't any characters that like i really loved i liked tika T tika i liked tifa but i didn't really love her and i didn't really love any character in this game i found most of the characters to be boring or annoying um and on top of that the voice acting is 
I'm not the type to complain about voice acting because I watch dubbed anime, but I'm not gonna lie, the voice acting was not very good in this, and like the mouth movements, the animations, like it didn't sync with the lips. So the voice acting was bad, and then the, the, the lip syncing, it wasn't good either. Um, so understand when I say I like the story, I like the plot. What pushed you from point A to B? But the actual characters themselves, they weren't particularly interesting. That's a negative for me. Um, going back to positives, uh, I feel like this is rare that I say this, but a positive for me, and this kind of pertains to the story, it had a, this game had a very satisfying ending. For a game that's being stretched into multiple multiple parts, I was pretty sad. I I, I like the ending. I liked what they did with it, especially when the chat, the Twitch chat, kind of explained to me. Because like I said, I don't have a lot of experience with Final Fantasy VII. I I understood the gist of what was happening in the ending, but then they explained to me who like Zach was and all that other stuff. So I was pretty satisfied with the ending uh, and what happened. And uh, I th I thought it was cool. I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but I I'm going to give kudos to the ending. Um, obviously it ends on a cliffhanger because there's going to be a part two, but it was cool. It was cool for what it was. Um another negative the camera the camera when you're running around it's cool when you're fighting for the most part it's cool but when you fight flying enemies or super fast enemies oh my god the camera in this game is awful i wanted i'm not gonna lie yo if you watch my playthrough i uploaded my whole playthrough at youtube.com slash black hokage plays that's my second channel if you watch my playthrough early on you thought i was gonna quit i'm not gonna lie i almost did uninstall this game because it's like kingdom hearts 3 bad uh when you get into the air the camera just starts spazzing all over the place a lot of times it would spin into a wall and get stuck when there's fast enemies it's constantly going left and right and there's the option to pull back the camera but it still doesn't help that much um so i'm letting you know like right now uh you're gonna have to learn to tolerate the camera it's not very good it doesn't know what it wants to do sometimes it feels like a fucking it feels like a final fantasy uh, no i don't want to say final fantasy 7 because that was a the original was a was a what's the word i'm looking for it was a uh, turn base but it feels like a 90s camera let me put it that way <laughs> um a positive boss fights Mwah. kept you on your toes uh the boss fights and the set pieces epic set pieces when you're riding on the highway you're fighting that fucking big ass robot all the monsters all the robot all the robots all the boss fights are fucking big they're epic they test your abilities and they force they force you to use your abilities and like i said that kind of goes into what i said earlier about the stagger meter that was what's cool about the boss fights none were really alike they all fought differently um and you had to use a different strategy to beat them um so i really enjoy i really enjoy a good boss fight and uh uh, none of them had the same attack pattern. They all had like different attack patterns, different things that you had to do that made you think and stay on your toes. So shout out to them for creating some really dope uh, epic scale boss fights. Um, and you got a sense of satisfaction once you beat them. Uh, the next negative I had is this is a remake and this game is full of padding. And you know what's crazy? Like I said, I didn't even beat the original Final Fantasy 7 and I could tell this game was full of fucking padding. Um, my audience on Twitch in the chat, the ones that have beat the original game, they were telling me that like um, a lot of stuff that's in the game wasn't in the original game. Um, and I guess that the producers were saying they were trying to build the world like apparently apparently this game, this remake is only like the first three to six hours of the original game. But somehow they took the original three to six hours and they stretched it into it's being reported that most people it's taken them 30 to like 50 hours depending on how many side quests you do it took me 46 hours to beat the game i did most of the side quests 
I would say I beat the game at probably like 95%, to be honest. Um, I did most of the side quests, so it took me 46 hours. This game is full of fucking padding, and I'm not gonna lie. It's a lot of slow walking and talking about nothing. Terrible, terrible, terrible platforming sections. I'm talking about like you go somewhere and you have to, there'll be like a triangle on the ground and you have to step on the triangle at the right angle to make the character jump. It's, it's basically a cutscene, a loading screen. Fucking a lot of areas where like you would slide into a little hole and then you could tell that was just a fake ass loading screen. Um, and what made it really annoying is like there were a lot of side quests and I have no problem with side quests, but the best side quests in my opinion are the ones that don't feel like side quests. An example being Mass Effect 2. You did not have to do the loyalty missions, but if you did the loyalty missions, your characters became stronger they became more loyal to you and it played a role in the final mission and like it 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 helped the overall main thing these side quests in this game you you're doing it's just a bunch of fetch quests doing shit for shopkeepers go kill a few rats for me hey i hey mister i lost my cat i hate missions like that it doesn't do nothing it doesn't push the narrative forward it's not fun at bare minimum it's got to be fun it's, it doesn't even have to be like it doesn't even have to pertain necessarily to the main story, but at least make it fun. And I found the side quest for the most part to not be fun at all. And what's really annoying about it is you don't have to do them, but I felt inclined to do them because some of the best materia, materia, the best spells and abilities were locked behind side quests. So there's a lot of padding in this game and you're kind of forced to do it if you want to have the best loadout. Because I'm not going to lie, some of the final fights in the, in, in the last like two hours of the game, some of the boss fights, they're pretty tough um so the padding mm -mm, i didn't like it uh like i said it took most people 30 to 50 hours to beat it according to howlongtobeat.com it took me 46 hours i think they could have cut out like 10 hours of this game and made it like 20 and it still would have been a great game with less fat on it but whatever um another positive uh the game is gorgeous uh, i kind of said that earlier with the world um the world is you want to explore it uh, bright colors i'm not gonna lie i looked at this um and i was like yeah i was like this is not like it's definitely pushing you're gonna hear your ps4 pans i got a ps4 pro you're gonna hear the ps4 fans it's gonna be loud it's definitely pushing the ps4 to its limit um but the game is gorgeous uh it, it definitely stands out in the ps4 catalog and i'll also say i didn't put this on my notes but here's another positive i'm surprised how optimized this game is it runs at 30 frames it, it runs at 30 frames per second i can't talk it runs at 30 frames per second, but not once do I remember that the frame rate dropped. I, that was one thing that I was worried about because you can tell that this game is graphically pushing the PS4 to its limits. So I was worried like during big boss fights or whatever that the frame rate was gonna drop or something. Uh, although I, I always prefer 60 frames or above. If you only give me 30, as long as it's a stable 30, I'll deal with it. The 30 frames is stable, so the game is optimized. I'll give them that much. Um, so that's a positive, it's gorgeous and it's optimized um another negative is fast travel in this game is pointless first of all you you have to do a mission you have to do the, there's a side mission in the game you have to do a side mission where you have to go and chocobos you know the big chickens that you can ride on chocobos are how you fast travel you have to do a side mission where a bunch of chocobos get loose out of the um what's the word out of the uh stable you have to go find them all throughout the world you have to find these chocobos and each time you find a chocobo it'll unlock a new um uh fast travel point so once you unlock all the fast travel points then you can finally fast travel but you have to do that mission but what sucks is 
you don't get fast travel till chapter 14 and i don't know if i mentioned this earlier there's there's 18 chapters in the game so you don't get you don't get the fucking fast travel until chapter 14 and there's 18 chapters in the game it's honestly useless because by the time chapter 15 and 16 come around i think you can't even use it anymore it, i don't know why they didn't put fast travel in the game by the, by fucking chapter two it, it's it's completely pointless i don't understand that's a negative for me um a positive the game felt fair this game is a good challenge i didn't play the game on hard i play the game on normal because i play the, i play my games for fun i don't care to uh you know flex my e-penis i have nothing to prove to you fucking weirdos and creeps i play my games on normal and on normal i felt like it was a good challenge it was fair the last few boss fights were pretty challenging but i don't remember there was never a point where i got straight up stuck there were points where i like i died maybe once or twice and then like on the third time i would get it but there was never a point where like i got straight up stuck for like a fucking hour straight it felt like it was fair it always felt like when i lost it was my fault and i learned and i got better a little bit each time um so i i will say that this game felt like it was a fair challenge and i think that's a positive because a lot of times games be too easy in the beginning and then you get to the end and there's a crazy difficulty spike fuck that shit bro fuck that shit uh so that's that's the one and then a few more negatives um the dodge mechanic in this game is pointless you hit circle on the controller to dodge cloud will roll everybody will roll and he does this roll where like he barely goes forward like he almost rolls in place it's really weird almost like he's rolling backwards like a yo-yo if that makes sense um so like i'm gonna be honest if you decide to pick up this game like don't use the dodge mechanic very much just hold the block button just, i'm telling you the game will be so easy just hold the block button don't even bother fucking trying to dodge dodge mechanics are pointless and it's like why put it in the game if you're not gonna it makes it feel less like a real time that's the one criticism i had on the real time combat it makes it feel less like a real time and if it uh and i think if they can perfect perfect the the rolling mechanic get it to like devil may cry or bayonetta levels it'll feel more like an action game um so they got they got to work on that um and then the other negative i felt like the map navigation sucks some people might disagree with me but i felt like sometimes navigating the world was just like it, it wasn't very fun uh the map was kind of a little bit difficult for me to read but that's my personal opinion some people might not agree with that that was kind of 50 50 some people in the chat agreed some people didn't um so those are my positives and negatives for it like i said i have more negatives than positives but the positives that i do have they're so they they're so strong they outweigh the negatives in my opinion and because of that when it comes to the final fantasy 7 remake i fully recommend it it's one of my favorite games of 2020 so far i think it's worth 60 dollars like i said you're gonna get 30 to 50 hours out of it i think that's fair for 60 dollars um my only concern is there's an article that recently came out like right after i beat the game the producer of the final fantasy 7 remake he said that like he loves the overwhelmingly positive response that this game has gotten and he wants to get the next pieces of the game out as quickly as possible and i was under the impression that there was going to be final fantasy 7 remake and then there was going to be like a part two and that was going to be the end but he's talking about he wants to release um more pieces out quicker and in smaller bites and how much you charging for that uh because i'm not gonna lie y'all um if they put out like fucking five parts to this final fantasy 7 remake like let's say this first part is 30 to 50 hours and then after that they drop little eight hour increments part two part three part four and they're charging 60 dollars a piece i'm not buying this shit this will be the first and last part that i play i'm not gonna lie fuck that i can't i can't support that business model he that's what the producer said he wants to get the pieces out faster and i understand that 
but he also said he wants to release them in smaller bites and i'm like nah dog if that's what you was gonna do i would have preferred them to put out like an 80 dollars edition of final fantasy 7 remake where if you pay 80 dollars up front you get the first remake and then everything after you get that as well as like a digital download uh i would have done that maybe even like a hundred dollars something like that but you want to like we gotta see what that pricing model is like i'm i'm not i'm not fucking with that dog nah fuck that shit but other than that i recommend the game check it out it's cool um let's get off the topic of final fantasy 7 and let's get on the topic of assassin's creed valhalla it was revealed and you know i'm not gonna lie I was, hold on, let me get a swig of this water. I've been talking, talking, bro. While I'm getting a swig of this water, make sure to hit five stars on Apple Podcasts and send a brother a donation at dollar sign to Black Hokage 08 on cash at. Hold on, let me get a swig of this shit real quick. <sighs> okay. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm not gonna lie. When this first leaked, it leaked like a year ago on, from, what was it called? Um, the Division 2. If you play the Division 2, you remember there were some posters on the wall on the home, in the home base, and it was of a Viking holding what looked like a, a piece of the Apple of Eden. And for those of you unaware, Ubisoft has slowly been creating the what I basically suggested. I, it makes me wonder if they watched one of my videos. I suggested that they create the, the Ubisoft cinematic universe, kind of like the MCU, where all the games are connected. And they slowly been doing this. You see Sam Fisher showing up in the Ghost Recon games. Um, Templars show up in um, Watch Dogs. Um, and then you got the Apple of Eden, Assassin's Creed appearing in the division. So they're slowly but surely creating this, this cinematic universe. And it makes me wonder, they're going to create one game to finish all the games. That would be fire. We're fucking the Assassin's, the Assassin's, let me stop talking about this, bro. The, I'm, no, cause I need to give them ideas. Like the Assassins come together and they team up with the fucking division and division and the Assassins. They team up with fucking ghost, the ghost, ghost from Ghost Recon and the rainbow oh yeah rainbow rainbow i think um i think some characters from rainbow appeared in ghost recon too fucking the characters from fucking rainbow they appear they get together and they just storm the templars building because the templars have to be the overarching enemy the templars got a fucking a, all the pieces of eden or something they got all the space magic and fucking the assassins and, and uh and what's the name uh from rainbow six Siege pulls up with his hammer uh, <laughs> the bust the wall fucking fucking thatcher busting down the building and shit that shit would be fucking fire but that's beside the point as uh ubisoft revealed assassin's creed valhalla um it's gonna be viking themed at first i was like eh, whatever but i enjoyed assassin's creed i enjoyed assassin's creed odyssey so much i didn't want to say it at first i had to sit and let it marinate but i'm saying it right now on a fucking podcast assassin's creed brotherhood used to be my favorite assassin's creed then it was assassin's creed 2 but i have to say assassin's creed odyssey has moved up as my number one assassin's creed game i think maybe origins probably has origins had the better story but assassin's creed odyssey in my opinion had a solid story um don't don't knock it if you didn't play it because it does it does feed into the assassin's creed timeline um, it had the best gameplay in my opinion. It was just very fun. The only fair criticism in my opinion is of Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the game was padded like a motherfucker. That is true. I 100% agree with that. Um, there was way too many fucking side missions. The map was too big. That is a 100% fair 
um assessment of it but like the people who say i'm not gonna play assassin's creed odyssey what the fuck does this have to do with assassins well if you played the game spoiler i'm not gonna completely spoil it but assassin's creed odyssey has to do with the birth of the templars um assassin's creed origins was it takes place before assassins uh, agree uh existed in odyssey because odyssey is before origins in the timeline origins is about the birth of the brotherhood odyssey's odyssey is about the birth of um the templar order and kind of what inspired the assassins to eventually come so it completely falls into the timeline in the story and if you didn't give it a chance that's on you but like it, in my opinion the story was fine i enjoyed it and the gameplay was fucking fire with all the fucking space magic and that shit bro fucking teleporting and stabbing niggas i love that shit but anyways um I'm willing after after Odyssey. I'm willing to give Valhalla a chance in Origins too because I really enjoyed Origins. I'm gonna give Ubisoft the benefit of the doubt and say they know what they're doing. This if they pull this, in my opinion, if they pull this off with Valhalla, this new trilogy of Assassin's Creed, this reboot is probably better than all the games. Um, I some people don't like the RPG elements. I like it, but with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, one thing that I like I'm seeing is uh, they said that they're they're addressing that criticism that people had with Odyssey that the game was very padded. Uh, they said that this will not be in a tweet that's deleted, by the way, uh, the producer of Assassin's Creed. He tweeted out that Assassin's Creed Valhalla will not be the biggest or the longest game in the series. So it sounds to me like they're shrinking down the map and then they're condensing it with more content. But it, even still, it's not going to be the biggest game. Um, that, uh, and to me, that that's that's good because that says to me they're they're focusing more on core gameplay and core story instead of just trying to make the game really long so i liked what i heard about that there they also said that instant kills are back um that was one fair criticism also of the last two assassin's creeds origins and odyssey because it was more rpg driven you had to level up your character a certain type of way to get instant kills um and this uh it's gonna play more like a traditional assassin's creed the older ones were if you know you catch them off guard and you stab them in the neck it's a stealth kill and they're gonna die i'm not gonna lie that is one thing that did used to piss me off about odyssey like you would pull up on somebody when they were caught off guard you'd stab them in the neck and then they turn around and they say hey there's the bad guy it literally made no fucking yo if somebody pulled up on you behind you and stabbed you in the neck even if you didn't die at bare minimum you would fall down and say, ah, I'm bleeding, nigga, I'm bleeding, like, and then you would bleed out and probably die, because they hit your fucking jugular, but, like, you would stab somebody in the neck when you sneak behind them, and then he turn around and say, hey, I think I heard something, just, that, that's a fair criticism of the game, so they're bringing back insta-kills, they said, and then also I read that social stealth might come back, too, that was something that was missing in Assassin's Creed, and I didn't even realize it until I, I, I saw it in a video, um so basically like, the elements were like you could sit on a bench to hide or hide in crowds when i thought about it like yeah that element was removed um so social stealth they said is going to come back uh you're going to be able to get into like roast and rap battles they said roll dice um fucking the boat stuff is back um you, they said you can dual wield pretty much any weapon um freaking uh it's going to take place like uh like some english time uh, it looks like the king is up to something like uh, from the trailer it looked really interesting because i'm pretty ignorant about vikings i'm not gonna lie i was always under the perception that vikings were just savages that ran around and raped and pillaged but judging by the trailer it's looking like the story they're trying to tell is like what you know about vikings is not 100 true like yeah they were savages to some degree but maybe they're gonna try to turn them into like anti-heroes they're gonna try to make you understand their savagery because in the cinematic trailer they made it seem like the king of england was up to some bullshit 
the, to try to smear their image and it seemed like the vikings were just looking for a home um and they wouldn't let him in so instead the vikings kicked down the door or something i don't know i'm keeping an open mind um so am i excited about it after playing odyssey sure uh i love assassin's creed um i'm not excited by the fact that ubisoft announced that um on the xbox series x assassin's creed valhalla will only be running at 4k 30 fps um i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty disappointed to hear that seeing as that you know for the last two or three years maybe uh microsoft has been touting about those 10 teraflops that their new consoles got it's gonna be able to do a hundred mind you you remember they said in that video 120 frames and ubisoft is saying mm, i don't know about that bro we only gonna be doing 30. um so next gen consoles coming out and 60 fps is still not a standard that's kind of that's kind of weird it makes me think wonder if it makes me wonder is mike was microsoft lying or is ubisoft just trying to do like console parody or something like that i don't know um but it is a little bit concerning because if microsoft was lying and the consoles are not powerful enough to do at least 4k 60 fps um it's concerning because valhalla is a cross-generational game in my opinion it's not even a true next-gen title if that makes sense like you remember when call of duty the first call of duty came out and it also came out on 360 as well as the new xbox one and the ps3 and the ps4 like that was a cross-generational game it's not a true next generational experience because they have to build they have to build a, a version of the game that also works on both platforms versus only working for one so if you mean to tell me and valhalla is a cross-generational game it's going to be available on ps4 xbox one as well as xbox series x and the ps5 and you mean to tell me that a game that's not even going to be pushing hardware in terms of texture to its maximum can't even run 60 fps that's a bit of concern for me but i don't know we'll see i i don't really care that much i could just get it on pc it's all about the gameplay let's see the gameplay yo ubisoft stop lying shame on you you made me wake up at 10 in the morning to see a gameplay trailer and then all y'all did was show some in-engine bullshit it wasn't even no fucking real gameplay so hopefully we will get some gameplay but it is what it is um somebody from twitter he actually asked me about assassin's creed so follow me on twitter if you guys want to ask me questions whenever i'm about to do a podcast i always put out a tweet hey i'm working on show notes um if you want to present a question leave it here reply to this tweet and this question comes from goku black and it pertains to assassin's creed he says since you're an assassin's creed fan where do you think the series fell off why do you think it did and where do you see the series going after this one new one um all right so in my opinion first of all i don't think the series ever fell off i think the series stopped innovating i think it i think it became what's the word content i think assassin's creed became content um the only real game in the, in the Assassin's Creed main line, in my opinion, that's kind of trash is Unity. But even still, I'm starting to see some people like there are a lot of Unity fans out there. Like once they patch the game, some people are saying that Unity is one of the best in the series. It had some of the best parkour um, in the game. But I don't know. I haven't played it recently and I'm not going to go back and play it because I don't have time. But like when Unity first came out, that shit was buggy trash. That was the only one in the series that I could say you could say definitely was trash. And you could also say it was bullshit because they, they said it was going to have co-op, but the co-op didn't even pertain to the main story. It was some bullshit side missions. Um, but other than that, I can't think of any Assassin's Creed where I was like, yo, because to me, it fell off implies fell off is about looking at a discography of a person's body of work and looking at the averages 
how many how many good things did they drop versus how many bad things did they drop in my opinion there are way more good assassin's creed games and like kind of average eh, assassin's creed games than there are bad the only one bet that's bad in my opinion was assassin's creed unity at least that i could think off the top of my head in my opinion revelations revelations didn't innovate but it was underrated because of the story that they told with Ezio and altair um syndicate wasn't syndicate was just kind of middle it was just like eh, it was kind of there like it wasn't good it wasn't bad it was just kind of all right but i i would have never said assassin's creed fell off i think it just became content and they stopped innovating um but what was, the, what was the reason he said why do you think and where do you see the series going oh why do i think like i said well i guess i answered your question like i don't know what's wrong with me they became content they wanted to do annual releases and they stopped innovating and you see when they took a two-year break and they came back with origins that's when people started fucking with the game and also people were fucking with odyssey heavy fun fact for those of you who didn't know um they were actually working on odyssey before origins um so odyssey's uh like cycle like development cycle was longer than odyssey and the uh, origins the only reason i know that is because i was work because e3 the year when they first revealed odyssey i got to play odyssey at ubisoft's booth uh well it wasn't a booth they had kind of a behind the scenes like recording session uh, and i asked the developers i was like i asked them i was like you know one of my concerns with assassin's creed odyssey is i was like you guys just came out with origins i was like how long have you guys been working on this game is just just another cash grab like what's new about this um and he told me the developer told me he was like actually he's like we started working on odyssey before origins came out origins was actually a spawn of odyssey um and that's why the games are somewhat somewhat similar um so and then i was like all right well what's new in this game he's like just play and see and then i did the move where you could throw your knife and then teleport and stab somebody i was like what the hell I was like, did i just teleport i was like he was like yeah i was like oh i was like okay there is some new shit in here okay okay i was like i'm kind of fucking with this i was like thoroughly surprised by assassin's creed odyssey um and i like i like a good surprise today's episode is sponsored by skillshare skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people explore new skills deepen existing passions and get lost in creativity skillshare offers classes on so many different types of crafts think photography video editing web design coding photoshop and more skillshare offers creative classes designed for real people and all the circumstances that come with it it's always the right time to stay inspired express yourself and connect with the community of millions settle your mind if you're anxious explore classes that may help you express what you're feeling through creative self-discovery this is membership with meaning skillshare believes a strong community is essential in times of hardship tap into the support of fellow creators who provide encouragement communication and inspiration drawing writing journalism classes they all could be a great way to help manage stress practice mindfulness and feel connected to one another you know one of my favorite classes right now is iphone filmmaking create cinematic video with your iphone by caleb babcock i prefer a dedicated camera when shooting content on the go but if i don't have one on hand then my phone will have to do so i figured well why not learn some of the more advanced techniques of shooting film on an iphone so that i can get the most out of it the best part is this course is only eight parts with the longest part only being 12 minutes it's honestly no excuse not to learn when you're getting such high quality courses in such short period of time so check it out since skillshare is a sponsor of the show feel free to explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at skillshare.com hokage that's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free at skillshare.com hokage that's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at skillshare.com hokage um so where do you see this series going after this new one um after valhalla completes i 
I believe if they take everything they've learned from the previous games, Valhalla has the potential to be the best one. Um, it'll 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 find that nice little middle ground between the old and the new fans of Assassin's Creed. Um, in terms of where it's gonna go, unfortunately, I feel like Valhalla might be the last like good Assassin's Creed game that we get. And I say that because if you know the ending, if you saw the ending to Odyssey. They can basically just keep making Assassin's Creed games, and they're gonna as long as they're make as long as they're making money, they're gonna keep making Assassin's Creed games. Um, and in my opinion, where I want it to go, and where I think ninety nine point nine percent of the community wants it to go, is to Japan. Which, by the way, that's basically what Ghost of Tsushima is. But I think most of the community wanted to go to Japan, and it's super annoying because this is a slight spoiler in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. There's one moment in the game where they confirm there is a brotherhood in Japan. Like, I'm talking about they straight up. I was like, hey, yo. I was like, is the next one Japan? That's low-key why I was disappointed when it first leaked the next one will be in a Viking era. Because they confirmed there's a brotherhood in Japan. It was in during one of the modern day scenes. You had to walk around a room. And it was like a, it was like a voiceover message from the brotherhood in Japan. I was like, hold up. I was like, is this? are they teasing? We're finally going to Japan after this? So I think that's where most people in the community want the game to go. To Japan. But in my opinion, Ubisoft will not go to Japan until everybody stops buying Assassin's Creed. And I feel like they're probably, Ubisoft is the type of company where they take one step forward and two steps back. I think the success of Origins and Odyssey and probably Valhalla is gonna be successful. The success of these three games is gonna make them cocky and they're gonna start pushing out more bullshit. And we're gonna get an era, another era of Unity, fucking Syndicate, Revelations, games that they're just pushing out. That are just kind of like, eh, you know, they're not bad, but eh, just more Assassin's Creed. And when people finally start voicing their opinions and they get sick of the shit, when everybody's tired, they don't want no more Assassin's Creed. That's when Ubisoft's going to be like, eh, they're going to dangle it over here, Japan. Eh, we're finally going. And they're going to sucker us back in. So that's where I think it's going to happen. I think we're, I think Valhalla has the potential to be the, probably the last good Assassin's Creed game. And then we're about to enter an era of bullshit. And I hope I'm wrong, but that's what my gut tells me. That's what my gut tells me, because Ubisoft has a track record and history tends to repeat itself. Um, let me get a swig of this fucking water, man. Jesus Christ, I'm talking, talking. Next piece of news. This is last podcast. Sony did a state of the play where they showed off um, Ghosts of Shishima. Um, they showed off a bunch of like gameplay. I wonder if I can bring it up. Let's see, Ghosts. Uh... I'm tired of being like in full screen on the video version. If you want to check out the video version of the podcast, youtube.com slash um, the Black Okage. I don't want the audio to play. Let's go in the full screen and see article. We're going to have the, have the gameplay going in the background. Here you go. So y'all can check out the gameplay for yourselves. It's 18 minutes of it. So since the last podcast, oops, I accidentally, since the last podcast, uh, there was a Sony state of the play where they revealed uh, more gameplay for Ghost of Tsushima. They kind of showed off the environment. They showed off um, combat. They showed off stealth, customization. And I know a lot of you are probably wondering what I think about it. First things first, I like how vibrant this game is. But if I had to criticize like the graphics, I don't know if it's because of YouTube and like, you know how like they be compressing videos and stuff like that. But am I the only one that notices like the game kind of sort of still looks ashy? 
I, I'm hoping that's just the video. Like, it's colorful and ashy at the same time. It's a really weird combination. But the world looks breathtaking. It looks like it'll be really fun to uh, explore. My only concern is they said there's no waypoints. So it makes me wonder, is the game going to be really short and it's going to get padded by the fact that you're probably going to get lost because there's no waypoints? That is a concern for me. You're supposed to just follow the wind. Uh, that's what people were telling me in the chat. I was like, what? I was like, I don't know about that. But the world is beautiful. Characters look cool. As for the combat, it looks like straight up Batman Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, uh, Arkham Knight. It looks uh, Arkham Origins. Can't forget about that, which is better than Arkham Knight, by the way. Anyways, uh, <laughs> unpopular opinion. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. What? Fucking Batman. What? Batman Origins. Uh, but anyways, uh, the combat is straight up Batman. Uh, it's like a beat em up hack and slash action game with like a counter system. It looked, I mean, it looked exactly like Batman. And you know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. I like Batman type games. Um, the stealth looked like Assassin's Creed. He's like running on top of buildings and stuff like that. Uh, let me see if I can skim forward so y'all can see some of that stuff because he was just walking around in the beginning of it. Um, the stealth, he was like walking on top of logs and he jumped down and he stabbed people and stuff. So the people who are like complaining, if you haven't seen the gameplay, go on YouTube and search State of the Play Ghost of Tsushima gameplay. It's an 18 minute demo. Or if you're watching the video version, you'll see the gameplay right now. Uh, for those complaining they want Assassin's Creed in Japan, honestly, this is what it looks like. It looks like Batman Assassin's Creed meets or like Shadow of Mordor in Japan. Uh, and I'm not mad at that. But at the same time, I'm kind of a little disappointed for the simple fact that like this looks like in my opinion this looks like one of those games that's going to be a solid exclusive for the ps4 but it's not going to innovate on any front and i could be wrong i'm strictly basing this off what i saw in this gameplay i could be wrong but in my opinion just off face value this looks like it's going to be another horizon zero dawn another um tomb raider um you know, um, like it's not a bad. It's gonna. Be, it looks like it's gonna be eight out of ten. It looks like it's gonna be another solid exclusive, but it's gonna. I feel like based off the gameplay I've seen, the only thing that could push this game to get a nine out of ten out of most publications is the story in this game has to be mind blowing because the gameplay is not. The gameplay looks like it's gonna be a solid. It'll be like all right, but it's not gonna. It's gonna be like I've I've been here, done that before. I, like that's the vibe I get. So I feel like the story has to be fucking amazing for it to push the limits. But I feel like most publications are gonna give this game an eight out of ten based off what I saw. Um, something I definitely want to play, but I don't think it's gonna blow my mind. Um, they showed a little bit of the customization. You can wear a lot of different like ninja samurai outfits and stuff, and each one has like different stats, and it's gonna affect the game differently. Um, so I'm curious to see, like, well, if you wear like the samurai armor, is that going to affect your ability to be stealthy? Like, is it going to fuck up your balance? So then you're not going to be able to climb as well on like uh, more narrow objects and you trip off and then you're not able to do your little pull off your little stealth kill. That'll be interesting. Um, but I mean, kind of that's 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 all I really had to say about this. Like, I just didn't see anything. And like, I don't want any body thinking i'm bashing this like i just didn't see anything here that like blew my mind to be honest uh it just looked like it was gonna be another solid eight out of ten i was like eh, i'll play that but like i'm not excited about this like cyberpunk uh to be honest uh freaking and then on top of that even though this is quote unquote the people are calling this the game the assassin's creed game people want in japan 
it's still not assassin's creed like it's it's its own story something about mongols invading japan and you got to defend the land or whatever and you're like some samurai that went rogue against the code and doing anything to protect your people he's basically like an isolationist assumption i don't know uh <laughs> it's still not assassin's creed in the sense that like the gameplay may be similar uh but don't got nothing to do with minerva and the apple of eden and the templars and shit like motherfuckers want to see that shit they want to see it but it's looking like a day one cop for me it's looking like a day one cop for me i just don't expect my mind to be blown my expectations on it were kind of lowered based off what i saw here and the way people hype it up i think people i think people for this game they're just getting really hyped off the graphics the world looks really interesting and the graphics are pretty but once you break down the gameplay mechanics i don't really see here i don't see anything innovative here at all uh just looks like another solid well-polished third-person stealth action game and if you're cool with that i definitely think uh, ghost of shima is probably gonna be for you uh, that's all i got on uh that one i wish i had something deeper to say but i don't know uh it comes out july 17th uh and it's made by sucker punch they're the ones that made sly cooper right i think they did let me do this sucker punch studios uh they made infamous yeah and they made sly cooper so yeah if you're looking for that next sucker punch project uh pull up on that ghost of shishima july 17th those are just a few thoughts from me all right, uh, the next thing that I wanted to talk about in the gaming, and this is the last in the gaming section, and then we're gonna get into your questions that you guys submitted on Twitter. Um, Doom Eternal. I wanted to do a review of that since the last podcast. I, I beat Doom Eternal. I don't feel like I'm gonna spend as much time talking about this as I did Final Fantasy VII, so I mean, we could run through this really quickly. Just for like clarification, um, I, I the last Doom I played, was the one on pc from like the 90s like the original doom i i did play that game but like i by no shape or form am i a a doom was was i a doom fan i tried playing doom 2016 but it crashed my computer you know how bethesda games do that's why i don't buy them and for those of you unaware the reason i the only reason i almost said i bought i would never buy but there's yeah the only reason i played doom eternal was because somebody uh donated it to me um so like i'm a man of my word if you donate the game to me i'll try it um so i can say if you're wondering if you don't want to sit here and listen to me go into detail i guess i'm a doom fan after beating doom eternal i enjoyed the game and i work i think it's worth 60 dollars. and here's why first and foremost the positives i have one two three four one two three four five positives and three negatives the first positive this game is gorgeous and it's bloody and also i didn't put this on my notes but this game is very optimized i was surprised for a bethesda game people were saying because this is just being published by bethesda uh, it's actually an id software game so they, yeah they developed it but then didn't it didn't id software also develop dishonor and dishonor 2 and dishonor 2 was that shit was janky too like it was a great game but like it was it was really unoptimized um it damn near crashed my pc a couple times when i streamed it but that's beside the point this game is it's gorgeous it's bloody and it's optimized um so it will not burn your computer out it looks great if you like stabbing people you like fast-paced action just seeing blood squirting everywhere this is a game about going to hell and you're gonna cost some hell so if you're the squeamish type it's not gonna be for you but i liked it it was cool i like the bloody shit um my first negative is this is a super i mean a review is an opinion anyway but this is a super opinionated thing i don't know if i'm 100 able to articulate myself on this but when it comes to doom eternal you have to be in the mood to play this game this is a negative for me like 
I like sometimes I just want to cut on a game and play to escape the world and like relax, you know, um, and socialize with friends and stuff like that. But with Doom Eternal, I could not play this game every day. That's why I think it took me. The game is not even that long. It's like 15 to 20 hours, depending on your skill level. Um, and then if you play it on like hard, it's even longer. I played on normal because remember I play my games on fun. But what I mean by you had to be in a, a certain mood to play this game is like you had to have gotten enough sleep the previous night. Uh, you got to have some food in your stomach. You can't play hungry. Um, you can't be, have had a bad day. Like, well, maybe if you had a bad day because you could take it out on the demons and stuff. But you, you get the point that I'm trying to make. Like you can. The first time I played this game, the first day when I was streaming it, I was tired that day. And like, I'm not going to lie, like the game literally hurt my eyes uh, and it gave me like a slight headache. This game is so fast paced. Uh, you might have heard it in the video that I uploaded. Um, it's sensory overload. It's going to tap into all your senses. This game is I don't think there's a game that's faster on the fucking market. Once you learn the mechanics of the shooting and shit and the uh, the platforming. I don't think there's a faster game on the market. Fucking this shit is faster than any Sonic the Hedgehog game that I've recently played. Um, it is sensory overload and it, it hurt my eyes at certain points. Eventually I adjusted, but I'm just letting you know, you have to be in a certain type of mood. Do not play this game if you're tired and you're not in the mood for any type of shit because like it's, it's definitely going to push you to the edge in terms of like you got to sit up and really play this shit. It is fucking balls to the wall. High octane shit. Um, the second... But then on the flip side of things, that's also a positive. That's also what I liked about it. I put this in my, my positive. You have to be in a certain mood to play it, but at the same time, I, it's a negative and a positive, I guess. This is the first time this has ever happened. It's also a positive that it's fast-paced. I enjoyed the fact that it's fast-paced. You're jumping from demon to demon, stabbing them in the eye, shooting them in the face with rockets and shit. The way, once you learn how the weapons work together and how to use the environment to your ability, like to your, your advantage, and you string the things together, the fast pace becomes your advantage and it becomes very fun. So like I said, I guess it comes down to like, you just have to be in a certain type of mood. It is fun that it's fast paced but then it can also be really annoying because it's just it was some days where i'm just like i am not in the mood for this shit this is a little bit too much it's sensory overload um the next negative marauders there is an enemy type in the game called marauders i actually just came up with another positive hold up um there's an enemy type in the game called marauders <sighs> whether you're playing on normal or hard you're gonna get a headache these motherfuckers they have a shield, a projectile, and they have guns. They have a they have a shield to block your. So if you get too close, he's going to shield himself. And then if you're too far away, he's going to shoot like this this mystical tiger at you that chases after you. And you have to dodge his gun at the same time. And he fucking teleports left and right, fucking bobbing and weaving and shit. So basically, you have to stay at the right distance at the right and hit him at the right time. You can only hit him at certain times. It's hard for me to explain. You'll see it in some of my gameplay if you watch it on um, my second channel. I'm uploading the, the playthrough at youtube.com slash blackokageplays. Um, every time these motherfuckers showed up, it was like 100 enemies on my ass. And then he wants to show up and also want to fight. In all honesty, the Marauder was harder. And the Marauder is a mini boss. He's a mini boss that appears out of nowhere in certain fights. The Marauders, in my opinion, were harder than... Um, majority of the bosses i only got stuck on one boss in the game even the final boss wasn't hard to me um i only got stuck and it was the second to last boss that one annoyed the living shit out of me um but the marauder in my opinion is was harder than fucking some of the boss that shit was annoying i, I it was not fun every time he showed up it wasn't fun in my opinion um but uh, on the flip side this is the positive i just wrote down a positive is this game is full of a lot of different enemy types it was constantly even towards the end of the game it introduced new enemy types 
um it seemed like every level there was a new enemy type that was introduced and when there's new enemies constantly being introduced and being mixed in with the old ones it keeps the game fresh because only certain weapons worked on certain enemies certain combos and certain movements and stuff like that worked on certain enemies um so i like the fact that there was a ton of different enemy types in the game and it constantly kept you thinking uh and that kind of goes into another positive that i have which is do not judge this game on face value on face value it looks like a super dude bro balls to the wall just shoot everything and you win type of game and honestly it's not that simple this game is actually very strategic um a lot of people call it ethos in the podcast not the previous but two podcast episodes ago on the gi podcast they called him stupid because they said he said it was it was a lot like chess and i understood what he was saying i actually agree with him it's very strategic in a sense that like the only way you can get ammo in the game is you have to chainsaw people and then they drop ammo but the thing is you only you have limited fuel so you have to pick and choose the right time to chainsaw enemies um fucking when you you also have to learn how to shoot enemies to the point where you're fast enough where you don't kill them but then you could farm them for health because you have to use your little physical ultimate ability to make them drop health so uh and then you also have to know when to spam your 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 dodge move and you have to learn how to use the um the monkey bars to swing all over the place it's not as simple as just shoot at the enemy and you win you have to know when to farm health when to farm ammo you have to know which weapons hurt uh, certain enemies more also you have to know every enemy like i said there's a ton of enemies different different enemy types and they all have like different weak points and you have to learn them um fire in this game you get like a flamethrower and that drops armor so you have to remember to spam that at the right times um the ice grenade like there's way more strategy in it than you think and if you judge it at face value you're getting the wrong idea this game is much deeper than it think and you have to play it for yourself to actually understand it so the game is very strategic and i enjoyed that strategy so i give that as a positive uh and last but not least in all honesty because i had mostly just positive this is just me nit nit i'm nitpicking nitpicking i put on the negatives the story um and the reason i say nitpicking is because to be to be all honest nobody plays doom for the fucking story but that being said there is a story in here there's a few cutscenes here and there something about you going to hell and slaying the slaying satan or something i don't know i didn't know what the fuck was going on but that's me nitpicking i put a negative to the story i didn't know what the fuck was going on but at the end of the day people play doom for the gameplay they don't play for the story um and then the last few positives i have is the game is challenging but it's satisfying i did get frustrated at certain points but i always felt satisfied when i beat it um and then um there's a ton of different like weapon upgrades there's a bunch of different weapons each weapon has different like um second functions uh like different like special abilities and you can use your points to unlock those and then there's also a rpg wheel where you can unlock different abilities like uh parkour faster or when you kill somebody you move faster kill somebody you slow down time get your grenades back there's a bunch of different rpg elements in it so there's a lot of customization a bunch of different suits and stuff like that and you get all that if you take the time to explore the game is very balls to the wall fast paced but the way they slow it down is there are certain sections where uh you can explore the area and you can unlock and find different like upgrades and stuff like that and i really like that so all in all i will say that i enjoyed doom eternal i am a doom fan after this i think it's worth 60 dollars um one of the most unique shooters on the market um i would say do not sleep on this game this shit is fucking awesome um if you haven't look up some fucking gameplay on youtube just watch people play it and watch them string together different abilities and fighting a bunch of different enemies and shit like that it's 
it's it's it make this is a game that makes you feel like a badass once you understand the mechanics in my opinion that's why it's worth sixty dollars and that's for all the people out there you say yo yo tbh hates every fucking game he doesn't fucking rec i recommended two games in one fucking podcast bro i recommend astro chain i recommended luigi's mansion 3 there's actually I've, i could actually argue i've liked more games recently than i have not but motherfuckers just want to always focus on what i uninstall you don't ever want to talk about what i like i'm just saying so check out doom eternal anyways i'm done ranting uh we're gonna take a swig of this water and then we're gonna get into the question sections of the podcast jesus we're already an hour in oh this is gonna be a long one we an hour into the show and we haven't even gotten to the questions so i'm gonna try to run through these as quick as possible so i'm not gonna lie i'm kind of mentally exhausted on talking a dollar sign to black okage oa send a donation to the cash app while i'm taking a swig of this water so follow me on twitter my twitter is mr underscore i keep it real and the first question comes from waylay and he asks, how do you get it across to certain people that if they expect you to be successful he typed you in capital they need to play their part in that and what hold on let me read this back how do you get it across to certain people that if they expect you to be successful they also need to play their part in what in that whether friends family or fans he typed that really weird I copy and pasted your question. That was really weird the way you worded that. It's like people are always thirsty but never want to pay for a drink. Huh. I know I took this question down. Now, this question is kind of confusing. Like, if I could speak to you, I would ask you to further elaborate. Because you put in capital letters you. You said, how do you get it across to certain people that it if they expect you to be successful, they need to play their part? I guess that's what you're saying. I'm confused on why they need to play a part in your success. What are we talking about here? It's hard for me to answer this question and give you proper, which by the way, when we when we get into this advice section and we talk about life and stuff, I'm just letting y'all know, people are asking me questions. Whatever I say is not the end all be all. I don't have all the answers to life. This is just people me asking me, people asking me questions and me trying to answer them to the best of my ability, but I'm not an expert on everything in life. I'm just putting that out there, that's a disclaimer. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm confused you expect people to play their part in your success and i'm confused by that the only way that can make sense to me is if you go into business with friends and family like let's say you guys open a bakery and you open it with one friend and like your brother but they're not showing up to work i guess that would make sense because your success is also determined by their effort but this question's kind of hard to answer because i don't actually know what you're saying if you're talking about like you're going to college you're working on becoming a doctor i don't understand why they have to play a part in your success maybe they could i can understand like your frustration if they're not giving you like words of encouragement but even still if it's your goal it's your goal i think my question to you would be why are you so worried about what everybody else says if it's your goal nobody ever nobody ever accomplished anything being scared uh and to me that sounds like some scared shit like I, I'm personally not worried about what anybody got to say if, if it's my goal. Like I said, the only the only way that can make sense to me is if you went into business. Like your goals involve your family and friends. Then I understand your frustration because people aren't pulling their weight and they're not doing it. But like, what are you looking for? A pat on the back? Like, I'm I'm gonna assume you're an adult. Why do you need a pat on the back? Like the only person I look for a pat on the back from is maybe my significant other. I don't even look for that shit from my parents. Just because, just listen. 
this is one thing and this kind of this kind of uh hold up i think somebody asked me like one of the what's one of the things since i hopped off the porch just kind of goes we can go into that question actually that's the very next question it comes from the minted gamer and he asked after hopping off the porch so long ago and being where you are and knowing what are the hardest things that you've come to terms in life all right so i hopped off the porch like 10 years ago i've been on my own i'm 29 now i've had since i've had my own place ever since uh one of the things that i i learned and this kind of pertains to the original question is just because somebody is your blood doesn't mean that they right like just because that's your mother that's your auntie that's your cousin doesn't mean they know everything they don't they know what's best for you um so going back to the original question i don't even understand why you're so worried about that um i think i think you need to dig deeper and ask yourself why do you care so much about them quote unquote playing their role because i don't understand what role they play in your success if you're not in business with them if they're so what they're not giving you words of encouragement fuck them laugh at them when you're successful but like i said it's kind of hard for me to answer that question because i don't know the details so if if anything i apologize that i'm not 100 able to answer this question i will say for anybody listening in the future if you do present questions like this try to be as specific as possible even if you got to submit like multiple tweets so I can get a better understanding of what you're working with. Cause this one's kind of hard to answer and I don't want to steer you in the wrong direction. I mean, I never want to steer anybody in the wrong direction, but my gut tells me that you're not entering business with any family or friends. My gut tells me you're in school for something or you started a business for yourself and you're upset that, I don't know, let's say, let's say you started a t-shirt line. You're upset that your family and friends won't wear your t-shirts on their Instagram. It'd be nice if they they did, but the reality is they don't have to. And why are you so focused on that? You should be focused on your goals. Because at the end of the day, you put it in capital letters. You kind of answered your own question. It is your goal. Your goal. Not your mama, not your daddy, not your cousin. It's not their goal. It's your goal. Don't you ever forget that. It's not anybody else's job to chase that dream but you. So put your shoes on and get to running and quit crying um demented gamer like he said that was that was the next question i kind of answered the question that's that's the life that's the life lessons i learned demented demented just because somebody is your blood don't mean they right um and also save money always have a rainy day fund you never know when some shit's gonna pop up pop up um uh I, like it kind of pertain like especially like a, a lot of y'all be trying to live with your significant other and shit like that if you choose to do that make sure you can always pay rent by yourself Keep a rainy day fun because you never know when somebody start fucking around with their money and shit like that. Um, money ruins relationships. That's what I learned. Um, don't expect nothing from nobody. If you're doing something, do it because you just want to help them. Don't do it because you expect something because I promise you, you're going to get your, your feelings hurt every single time. Just because you treat people nicely don't mean they're going to treat you nicely. Don't you ever forget that. And that does not. And also, just to add on to that, because I feel like it's a very common term. Just because you treat people a certain type of way doesn't mean they're going to treat you that certain type of way back and that doesn't make them a bad person because the reality is you created a fantasy in your head about that person oh you know i i paid for their lunch you know last week so i thought they were gonna pay for my lunch this week i just thought that's you know you don't know that person like that they don't make them a bad that person just thought you was doing them a favor and don't you ever forget that quit expecting shit um jay the great he asked the question he said What's one time you took a risk on a project and the reward was better than you expected? I mean, I talked about this, I think, on the last episode with the with the the, the skincare page on Instagram. 
it started off as a joke everybody would always ask me why well they weren't joking people always ask me in the twitch chat why is my skin so clear how did i get it like that so then i talked a little bit about what i used to wash my face what i used to moisturize and stuff like that and then i joked around about making an instagram or a youtube page dedicated to men's hygiene then I eventually I said, fuck it. And I made the page and the response has been overwhelming and I'm still not very consistent with it at all because I don't make any money off of that shit. So I post whenever I feel like it. But even still, uh, it was a risk taking because at the end of the day, I had to risk my time. Time is the only form of currency that you cannot get back. And the reward has been much better than expected. I can see it going further. It's just going to take time. But every time I log on to Instagram, I have like 50 new followers on that page and shit like that. That shit, it's growing faster than my fucking gaming page, which means there's a lot of people... There's a lot of there's a lot of dudes out there that there's a market for it. There's a lot of dudes out there looking to learn how to better wash their ass. And they're probably too ashamed to ask because, um, you know, a lot of not a lot, but certain people make fun of certain people. They might say it's gay or it's or it's feminine to to be hygienic. But I've always said that the most masculine thing that a man can do is take care of himself. Um, when a woman sees that you can take care of yourself, that pussy get wet. I promise you, my girl be asking me about shit. Ooh, wait, wait. like I, I just don't like y'all gotta stop doing that shit if i could if i could i know this has nothing to do with your question y'all gotta stop doing this shit i had to check somebody in my twitch chat the other day um uh, he's i was i think i was playing call of duty warzone and he was like this game is fucking gay and i'm just like can y'all can y'all expand y'all vocabulary bro if you don't like something just say that you don't like it say it's whack it's not gay gay means homosexual means you're attracted to the same sex stop saying that shit expand your fucking vocabulary it does not make you a homosexual because you want to have clearer skin because you want to wash your face does not make you a homosexual because you want your teeth whiter what are we talking about here bro i promise you you know what let me stop i need actually i need to stop talking about it more pussy for me how about that more pussy for me because y'all don't want to wash your ass your bitch coming over and talking to me how about that stop doing that shit um, but that's that's the the, the risk that I took. Uh, I risked my time, and I feel like I've been rewarded. A lot of people have been following. Like I said, a lot of pe- a lot of dudes have been shamed into thinking certain things aren't cool. And I'm I'm here to be the OG and let you know. Don't let nobody bully you because you want to take care of yourself. You want to take better care of yourself. I I promise you, it's a it's a it's an icebreaker. And I, I've had people in my Twitch chat attest to that too. Like I've I had girls come to me in my college. They ask me like, what do you use to wash your face? Next thing you know, well, what's your name, girl? Let me come over. I can show you my routine. You know what I'm saying? Find new ways to get in there, new intellectual ways to get that pussy. But also just wash your ass. Anyways, next question comes from Vendetta. And he asks, content creation versus a real job. And he put that in quotation marks. Real steady job. If the idea you have for your channel or whatever your platform you want to use is something you really want to do, but isn't realistic, like a nine to five, is it worth going for? Should you do a nine to five instead you have a platform to quit? Should you wait? Should you do a nine to five until you have a platform, then quit? Uh, so basically, it sounds to me like he wants to get into content creation, but I'm gonna guess somebody in your family doesn't believe that you can do it. They don't think it's realistic, or you might think that it's not realistic. And you might be just you doubting yourself. Um, I always so I always tell people, uh, don't quit school, don't quit your job. Uh, to become a fucking YouTuber or Twitch streamer or Instagram or doing all that shit or a TikToker. Yes, there is a ton of money to be made, but it is not easy. It is very hard like everything else. I actually really hate the question when people would be like, yo, what can I do to get more views? I've been doing this shit for 12 years and every day I learn something new. 12 years. 
I started my first YouTube channel when I was 17. I am 29 now. And I'm just now starting to make some serious fucking money. And I love it. Which, by the way, that but that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, they say that, you know, an overnight success takes 10 years on average. And I find it to be true. It took me 12. Uh, I remember there was like a speech Meek Mill gave. He's like, it took me 13 years. Why can't it take you? Just because you didn't see somebody's grind doesn't mean they wasn't grinding. You just started paying attention. Don't you ever forget that. But I'm not speaking to you specifically. That's beside the point. I would advise you to keep your job, stay in school, and do do content creation on the side. Um, because one thing, one, one thing you got to realize is you might get into it and find that you don't like it. And then you get stuck uh, and, and disgruntled and shit like that. So I was, I did, I honestly, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I don't know if I said this on a podcast or on a stream. Um, so everybody knows I was a teacher in my past life um the only reason i quit my job i could have quit my job early on uh i've been i've been a full-time content creator for six years now uh so six years ago i quit my my job at wait let's see wait, was it 20 yeah i was like 23 or 24 when i quit my job um i'm sorry i had to do the math i don't even know how old i am 23 i was like 23 or 24 when i quit my job um the only reason i quit my job is because it was first of all it was a government job uh i was teaching like kids who were uh they were they were they were the kids of like pentagon they were pentagon parents like their parents worked in the pentagon they were like diplomats and like uh generals and colonels and stuff like that high-ranking people um so i had a government job um and the only reason i quit was because they were the, the furlough had happened that year and they were cutting people's hours and they were laying people off at my job. And eventually it got to me, they cut my hours and like the writing was on the wall. Like it was gonna get to a point where I knew I was gonna get laid off. Um, and at that point, to be honest, I only quit my job. Um, no, I don't wanna quit my job. Where, where am I going with this? Um, oh, at that point, the only reason that um, I didn't quit my job was uh, I, like I was making enough money at that time when the furlough was happening. I was making enough money off at that time to quit my job. But the concept of being a full time like content creator was like so new back then. Like it was like scary to me. So I wasn't comfortable with, like quitting my job. It wasn't a lot of people that I knew that was doing it. But I was making enough money. Like I did the, the numbers in my head. I was making enough money to where I could quit my job and become a full time content creator. But I didn't because I just wanted to get out the house. Honestly, I was doing YouTube and Twitch on the side and I was making enough money to pay my rent and live comfortably, but I still went to work every day and worked a full-time job, by the way, fucking 60 hour weeks and shit, being a teacher. Um, and I would, and I'd come home and I'd have like real late nights. A lot of times I didn't go to bed till like three, four. That's beside the point. Only reason I quit is because I was going to get laid off. I knew it, the writing was on the wall. They cut my hours. I went from full-time to part-time. I was like, oh, it's only a matter of time before they lay me off. So I put my two weeks in. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to roll the dice and try it and see where it goes. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to freaking, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to go find a different job. But from what I find, it's a lot of people out here. They get like 5,000 followers. They start getting cocky and shit like that. Um, and then the next thing you know, they quit their job and, and they're like, I'm going to go full-time content creator. I got 20 views on Twitch. I think I can get a sponsorship with G Fuel. Next thing you know, they make a video crying. I'm sorry, guys. I let you down. No, you let yourself down. You're a fucking idiot, bro. I don't feel bad for people like that. Uh, like I said, I was, I was, I had been making you, you got to get to a point to me. I looked at YouTube and Twitch as like a way to fund my hobby. I was still going to work full time every day 
and I was making enough money, but I just used it to buy video games and do more reviews. I was like, I'm not going to try to live off this shit. But because I got cut from my job, it kind of forced my hand. And I was like, you know what? I like, I'm going to try this and go full time and focus my energy on it, see how it works and just try to learn the business and shit like that. So I always encourage people to answer your question. Keep your job, stay in school, whatever productive, positive thing you're doing, you should. You should always have multiple sources of income, multiple ways of doing things um, and then build up your platform on the side. And if things start to do work out for you and you start crunching the numbers and you think eh, I can make this work, then sure, go for it. But it's too many people jumping the gun, bro. Get 100 viewers on Twitch and think they about to live off that shit, bro. Like, nah, dog. you got to learn how to get sponsorships. You got to learn how to produce different types of content that can that can attract sponsorships and shit like that. Like it's it's to the point like I'm not even trying to brag. It's to the point where like this episode of this podcast pays my rent. Uh and this is just me recording me talking about life and video games for an hour. This episode will pay my rent next month. Everything that I make off Twitch, everything that I make off YouTube, everything that I make off of um like merch and stuff, I pocket it. Um and also taxes. So like that that's what I would that's what I would advise you to. Uh, if you want to get into content creation, understand, and and that also that that the hygiene thing that's a, that's a long term project. I'm gonna start making money on that eventually too, but I advise you to come up with as many different forms of content that you can produce as possible and try to find ways to monetize it as quickly as possible. Um, and then when you have a bunch of different eggs, then take that risk. But too many people get excited because they have a thousand subs on Twitch and they say they're gonna become a full time content creator. Be like, so you're just gonna rely on one? So because I'm gonna be honest if twitch stops or if youtube stops i'm like i'm still fine like i have other sources i can do merch i can do the podcast should i can get the 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 hygiene thing popping i can find a different way to get money um so i would advise you to think about business a lot don't be like me i made the mistake of uh i used to always think if you're hot if your content's hot the money will come to you no you gotta learn the business i've become much more business savvy over the probably last two to three years um and now it's fuck you pay me i'm not i'm not playing that shit no more Motherfuckers want me to play. Motherfuckers want me to. Play. You know why so many games are getting uninstalled now? Because those games I was never interested in, and people donated them. I my rules: if you don't come through to the Twitch stream, so so you know, my rule is if I play a game, if there's a game you want me to play and I'm not interested in it, I'm not paying for it for my own money. You can donate a hundred dollars. Why you gotta donate a hundred dollars? The game only sixty dollars, man. I'll donate the sixty. Nope. I gotta make a profit. Sixty dollars goes towards the game, and then I make forty dollars in profit. Honestly, I should charge y'all hundred sixty. I'm not hundred sixty. hundred twenty. I should. So I make sixty dollars in profit um because the reality is i'm not interested in these games and that's why you see more uninstalled videos because i'm not interested in these games people want me to play them you got to pay me now you got to pay me to get a headache um and you'd be surprised you'd be surprised when you speak things into existence that you get it you got to be aggressive you got to be assault you got to be you got to be an assassin you got to be alpha bro real shit real shit i'm over here talking about business but yeah i think you should do a 95 i think you should stick to your nine to five stick to your job you should never put your eggs in one basket. And that has nothing to do with content creation. That's life and period, dog. That's life and period. Like, that's literally what I wrap my brain around all day. How can I form a different... How can I bring in a different source of income? Um, that's what you should be thinking about. As well as good content. But anyways, I hope that answered your question. Uh, the next question comes from Jack John Jenga. And he says, do you have any tips on keeping your PC clean, organized, and running smooth and fast yeah first and foremost make sure you got an ssd i I hope you got an ssd um second um 
I, make sure don't use the default uninstaller when you want to if you want to keep your shit clean let me see if i can bring it up um when you're uninstalling programs don't use the default uninstaller i use one from iorbit let's see here it is i'm gonna bring it up on stream make sure to check out the video version at youtube.com slash the black okage it's a free program it's called iorbit uninstaller uh, i use this program to uninstall programs um and the reason i use it is because when you uninstall it it also when it's done uninstalling the program see with the windows default uninstaller it uninstalls shit and like that's it with this it uninstalls it and then it searches your computer for leftover files that the program leaves that could potentially slow down your computer um so i would recommend the iorbit uninstaller for uninstalling programs when you're done with different type of programs and stuff like that so you can keep your system clean and then i also use advanced system care for hold up let me see let me bring that up on the on the on the screen for you real quick so to keep my computer like kind of fast and running uh i use this program called advanced system care this is also free i've actually been using this program maybe since high school and it's always done me right um you uh it, it fixes your startup optimization it cleans your registry spyware removal uh, registry defrag like organizing your files and shit. it fixes any vulnerabilities uh optimizes your disks and optimizes your system and all you have to do is hit scan do this maybe like once a week shit once a once a month at bare minimum you scan it it'll find all the problems on your computer you click a button it'll fix it for them restart your computer you're good to go those are two programs that I recommend. And then also keep your desktop clean. Um, I like to have like this minimalist desktop. Um, if you're wondering why my desktop looks like this, because um, everybody asks me this on fucking uh, Twitch. I use a program called Rain Meter. Rain Meter. R-A-I-N-M-E-T-E-E. -E -E. Not, not too easy, but R. Rain Meter. Um, it lets you customize your desktop how you see fit. So I gave it kind of more of like a Mac look, kind of a minimalist look with the uh with the with the date and the time on there and then the wallpaper being kind of like the focus and then on the left hand side i have like i have four folders that's it i don't have much of anything on my desktop keep your desktop clean because that can slow down things too um so that those are some just some quick tips to keep things clean um i'm learning just from like talking to other streamers most people buy a pc but most y'all do not learn how to actually use the pc um like i find like i'm not gonna lie i thought about this and this kind of actually goes back to the question the previous question i was talking about finding different ways to make money i've been thinking about starting a service where i charge people to clean their fucking pcs because um most y'all do not know how to fucking clean your pc like you treat it like a console and then you wonder why your shit blow up a year later um like i i use program i use team viewer to take control of like other streamers computers and i'll go through their shit they still be having like the fucking uh the shovelware you know when you buy a pre-built pc and it comes with like shovelware like norton antivirus and shit first of all why do you have an antivirus program on your computer in 2020 who gets viruses in 2020 get off pornhub dog um they be having tons of different like just shovelware all on their computer that that bloats their computer they don't know how to uh shut down programs that are so oh here's another tip i got one for you so open up your task manager on your pc and then go to the startup tab and look at all the programs that boot up when when you when you install new programs a lot of them install a function where it starts up your pc it starts up when your pc starts up so let's take i don't know epic games launcher right by default when you install this program it enables itself to start up on boot so when you boot your pc up it'll also launch the epic game launcher that gives your computer more tasks to do while it's booting up so it's going to slow it down 
Um, so what you want to do is you go to your task manager. If you don't know how to do this, go to the search bar and type in task manager or control alt delete and then go to the task manager. Then go to the stat the, the startup. And then what you want to do is you just want to disable like see uh, sticky notes is enabler. I have it by default because I have sticky notes on my computer on the other monitor. All you gotta do is hit disable and then like just disable whatever you don't want to auto boot. I don't auto boot anything. I don't auto boot. I don't even auto boot discord. Nothing. I disable every fucking thing except for my sticky notes because those are the reminders of what things that I need to do for the day. Um, but I disable most things on my time on my computer uh, and you'll find that it completely speeds up your fucking PC. But going back to what I was saying, an idea I did have for making money is like I've been learning like most y'all do not learn how to y'all want to learn how y'all can use your computer. Cool. You can pay me to use it. I hop on team viewer. I'll, I'll deep dive into your computer, figure out what's wrong. We'll clean it up. We'll speed it up um and i'm gonna charge you for my time for the hour for 30 minutes or some shit like that that's what i've been thinking of doing because like i find a lot of these streamers and youtubers they be having hella shovelware hella programs booting up at launch why is my why is my pc so slow i can't fucking export a video on sony vegas first of all your first problem is using sony vegas get on adobe or final cut pro okay um but yeah, I'm thinking about starting a consultation program where I start cleaning motherfuckers' computers because y'all niggas don't know what y'all doing. Don't worry, come on over. Come on over to the Papa Hokage. He can pay you big boss hog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, let me switch back over to the foolish shit. So hopefully that answered your question about some things. Oh, one more thing too uh, about how you can make your PC uh, faster when it comes to cleaning it up. Um at least once every three months i would say at bare minimum honestly i open mine like once a month I actually open your pc and spray it with a um most people use condensed air uh, you can get that in any like hardware store you can get it like in walmart or target too um condensed air you spray it in and get the dust out of your pc uh the number one killer of gaming well pcs period is dust if, if there's a lot of dust buildup in your PC, it makes it harder for your, your parts to function and then it overheats and your, your computer fails. So you always want to keep your computer as cool as possible. If you don't want to do all that organization shit that I just showed you that, that helps boot it up, at bare minimum, keep the dust out of your PC. You can do that with condensed air or you can do it. Uh, I got this thing off of Amazon. It's like 50 bucks. Uh, let's see, air spray. Let me see if I can show it on the, uh, on, let me see. Uh, um, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, this is the one I bought. Here I'm gonna put it in. Fucking uh, right here. This is the thing that um, this is the thing that it's, it's called Computer Cleaner 2.0. Uh, this is what I own right here. Um, it's cost fifty dollars. It's a little pricey, but in my opinion, it's worth it. Um, simply because you just plug it into the electrical outlet and it does the thing is it does the same thing as the compressed air but the difference is it's running off electricity so it's unlimited air you have to keep buying those cans this you just plug it in you hit start and then you just blow it's it's like the reverse of a vacuum cleaner it blows air out and then you could just get all the um get all the dust out of your computer in my opinion this is well worth it i bought mine like three years ago and i i love it so that I would recommend getting one of those. It, it's definitely worth the money. So that's how you keep your computer clean, in my opinion. Um, moving on to the last question. It comes from Yabba Dabba. And he says, do you think people are overreacting with the whole snitching thing when it comes to 6ix9ine? Like, yeah, he's a fuck boy, but who cares? He didn't affect me. Meanwhile, everyone celebrates rappers with prolonged histories of domestic violence. Free example he uses, free TK and free Kodak. Um, I think the better question is, why did you ask me this question? You already made up your mind. 
like you have a very like i could practically feel your attitude to this question bro like, <laughs> like you think people are overreacting with this whole snitching thing when it comes to six nine like yeah he a fuck boy but who care he didn't affect me meanwhile everyone's celebrating rappers with prolonged histories of domestic violence like free take k free kodak like you clearly have a bias so what's the point of why do you even want to hear my opinion you don't you don't care you, you don't care about this whole situation what was the point of this question dog um but i i agree with you like people that hip there's there's a lot of hypocrisy in hip-hop i agree with you and yes yeah, six nine is a fuck boy and it does yes it doesn't affect you so i don't even understand what's what's the what's you're right about all this i don't understand what's the point of any of this uh i don't care anything about six nine i wish people would stop talking about him he's a troll who just wants some attention and i just gave him some so we're getting off this topic just stop caring dog it's really not that big of a deal uh fucking karma we'll get that guy and last but not least uh the way we're gonna end this podcast what i've been listening to on the music front is future dropped a new album called high off life if you like that toxic shit that toxic shit you're gonna enjoy that um drake dropped a new project dark lane demo tapes uh it's kind of mid it's all right it's got some songs on there that i like but eh, you know uh supposedly this is a mixtape some people say it's an album i'm not sure but all i can say is eh. uh <laughs> Uh, Drake has an R&B artist signed to OVO's label. They're called Division, and it's spelled D-V-S-N if you want to search it. Their album that I've been listening to is called Amuse in Her Feelings. It's pretty fire. I'm not going to lie. If you're looking for some new uh, R&B, I think that's pretty dope. And then Polo G dropped an album called The Goat. I'm not going to lie. I haven't finished this one, so I don't want to give like a full opinion on it. But based off the few songs I listened to so far, eh, I don't know. Eh, I need to listen to that new Griselda project, though. I wish I had time for it. That's what I'm listening to next, the new Griselda project. But eh. but you know what's not eh, this podcast, and that's why you should rate it five stars on. <coughs> you should rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts because it's great and it helps my podcast grow. I'm tired of fucking talking. So I appreciate everybody coming through to listen to Hokage Thoughts. Like I said, rate this five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you want to send a donation my way because you enjoyed the show, go to redcircle.com slash Hokage Thoughts or cash at me at dollar sign the black Hokage 08. It's not necessary, but donations are always appreciated. Um, And uh, what else do I got to say? Other than that, that's all I got on the show notes. I guess I'll see you guys on the next episode of Hokage Thoughts. Thoughts.